Hiking. Stargazing. Kayaking. Fishing. Adventure. 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 Welcome to the ABCD Adventures Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris, and this is my lovely wife, Brittany. Hey. We're joined tonight by our friend, Adam. Hey there. We take our girls, Amelia and Daphne, on adventures through the United States National Parks, Texas State Parks, and anywhere Brittany and I think would be fun. Mostly Brittany, though. Um, this podcast is about the lessons, you know, don't brag, we learn during our experiences and our plans for future trips. Welcome to the ABCD Adventures Podcast. So, First, welcome back. This is, yes, this is season three. three. Um, it doesn't feel like it. Uh, but we are starting a new school year. The girls are not here yet because we're still in in service. And um, I was in bed by seven forty five mm-hmm, last night. It was mm-hmm. glorious. Yes, I enjoyed the silence around the house. <laughs> so, um, so first, um, we want to talk about our, our adventure feature mm-hmm. of the week. Um, so we're going to be um, talking about Cut 'Em Down Outfitters, which it is a guide service um, that originated um, in Combine, Texas, which is about 10, 15 minutes from where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it was started originally by two brothers who um, love to go hunting and doing things. And so they just decided to turn their passion into a um, career and a, you know, a great small business. Yeah. Something fun. And so, um, they apparently decided to exclude their middle brother and just do it for the two of them because apparently, <laughs> and knowing their little brother, their middle it. brother, their middle, brother. their middle brother is what I said. Well, yeah, but, yeah. but accordingly, the middle brother hat is the best shot. So that's oh probably gosh. why they yeah, didn't want true. to include the middle brother because they were probably jealous. Yes. So, that's so not yeah. True at all. <laughs> yes. So if you haven't figured out, Adam, our, our friend Adam and his brother Reed uh, were the original founders, know, founders, partners of Cut 'Em Down Outfitters. So we're going to have a great conversation with him later to, in the episode about all this. So um, you want to meet? All right, Chris, you ready for the joke? Yeah, you tell me the so, joke. So, Chris, I went to buy a camo tent the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I couldn't find any. We're only two minutes into the episode. Uh, two and, and a half. I, I want two and a half minutes and, and probably thirty different over. eye rolls. Sorry. Yes, our <laughs> eye roll hard. Welcome to our world. All right. So, anyways, you know you so, love me. <laughs> since we are uh, talking to Adam, who a duck hunter, a duck hunter extraordinaire, uh, runs a pretty darn good guide service. And he has donated it to us. Yeah, so and he did he donate nice. a, a, a a trip for my fraternity brothers at one point. Uh, how many, uh, our trivia for this week is, uh, how many species of duck are there in North America? So, uh, if you have the answer, email us at abcdadventures2021, uh, at gmail.com or any of our our socials. We are on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, look for us, abcdadventures, um, and that's how you, you can send us the answer. If you send us the answer, 
Uh, we will literally make stickers to send to you. Because um, we really need to make stickers. We really need, need to make give stickers. Us an excuse to make the <laughs> it stickers. It would make give us a great excuse to put that money forth to make stickers. So, uh, Brittany, you want to talk about our plans for our next trip? Yes. So our next trip, we're super excited about. We are going to Eisenhower State Park in um, Denison. Far North Texas, Denison, and so we chose that because we are going camping the end of August. We are apparently hate our lives because who else goes tent camping in August in Texas? But we kind of, we decided. People with RVs and air conditioning. Yeah. yeah. So we are kind of um, doing, we are not going to bring our tent. We're actually going to stay in a shelter this time. Um, and so the reason we're staying in the shelter is because we'll have electricity and so we can bring fans. Um, and so maybe not have air conditioning, but at least have some fans. And also, Eisenhower is on um, Lake Texoma. And so, you know, really big lake, lots of water access. And mm -hmm. so, we'll be able to take the kayaks out, go swimming. And so, that will make for a very enjoyable time. Mm -hmm. Plus, I just realized there's a winery in Denison. So, if it gets too mm -hmm. hot, we have somewhere to go. Ivanhoe. Mm -hmm. Ivanhoe Winery. What is it called? Yeah. Homestead. And Landon's in Denison now, oh, too. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. we go. Done. Two. So we got we got two wineries to hit up. Oh Done. I've you know, decided we're all about supporting those small businesses. I've decided on that on this trip, I'm going to practice standing on the kayak. I was wanting to do the same thing <laughs> and treating it like it's a what is it a paddleboard? A paddleboard. Yeah, but that means we have to get paddleboard paddles. But we're also going to have to decide which kid we're most we're, mad at. You know what I think I'm going to do? What? I'm going to drag the kids behind on tubes. <gasps> on the tubes, yes, mm -hmm. and they love that. They love that. Yeah. I think that would be the best way to do you it. You know, our kids—they're not very. Because I was told, I've had and to this is we're going to talk about this. Before, so. <laughs> Did you take yeah. Kane and then like yeah. him on the two? It was uh, it was his bachelor party, and uh, I wanted to go fishing. We were on Cedar Creek, and so I just tied a rope to the floaty and threw him on there, gave him a case of beer, and then I went fishing, and I just tugged him around the lake. So what? Day. What? What were you in though? I was in kayak. Okay, I was so just kayaking around floaty. fishing, and he so was where did you go? So Kane and Daphne. Like kindred souls. <laughs> no, Amelia is the one that likes to do that. Oh, they both do. They, they both, both do. do. They both do. But yeah, you know our kids. They're not very enthusiastic about anything ever. Yeah. Never. They really don't care about anything. <laughs> no, no. Amelia's going to be so mad when she found out, when she finds out that Adam was over here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Amelia uh, fell out of a tree once and at, at Adam's house, at his parents' house. And the first thing is I run over there and I'm thinking, she's going to be like, mommy. And she's like, where's Adam? Where's Adam? And I'm like, Adam, come over here. Because apparently I don't matter. Because apparently Amelia doesn't have good taste and thinks Adam's like oh, some cutie. Oh, he's so cute. Yeah. So she's blind. But he is, he's taken ladies. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So our, for our podcast feature, actually, Brittany, you want to introduce Adam? Yes, I sure will. And um, so our um, podcast feature tonight, we have Adam Foster. And um, so we talked to you know, earlier about our adventure feature of the week and Cut Him Down Outfitters. And um, there's a probably a lot of story to that. I don't know if we'll get to it tonight or not. If we don't, then we'll just mm -hmm. have him on again. Um, but it is a good friend of ours from church. We've known him for, I guess, about three or four years now. Yeah, you started um, here at the schools in 18? Yes, so we didn't meet him till 19, so it's been about four years. We met him right after Kane and Gabby Doesn't got married. Doesn't feel like four years. It feels like a lifetime. It feels like a lifetime, yeah. 
Um, so funny story though, I actually saw Adam at the gas station in Combine when you had your long hair. Oh lord! And I feel like <laughs> I felt like I knew him because I, I I had been friends with the Fosters for about six months then, mm-hmm. and, and if you know the Fosters, any of them, Adam, Kane, all of them. Robin, Chris, everybody. The moment you know them, your family to them. They are just that kind of amazing people. And I think that's also what makes them really probably great at the, this guide stuff is you make people feel comfortable. Um, but I saw him and I was like, hey. And then I realized like, oh, God, I've only ever seen him in pictures. And he has no idea who I am. And I was like, and I immediately like jumped in my car and sped <laughs> off. And I called Robin and I was like, is Adam there? And she was like, he just stopped to get um, – Something at the gas station. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> that, I think I yeah. actually remember this, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember, like, someone being like, hey. And I think hey. I looked around. Like, and then I, like, jumped in my car because I was like, oh, crap. He's going to be like, who are you? Because <laughs> it was at, like, 10 o'clock at night. Well, but I had yeah. to deal with that a lot because my parents are extremely social people. So they oh, know yeah, we know. People. We know. Yeah, right? And so there's all the time people are like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're so-and-so. I'm like, yeah. I have no I idea. Well, but are. I also had not been like in the friendship circle for very long. So I was like, for all I know, like, you're going to be like, I've never heard of you. <laughs> and that was going to like hurt me really hard because like in my head, I was like Robin Foster's best friend. So I could yeah. not have that like mm-hmm. destroyed at that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And he literally, you know, he's going to fall in love with me and think that I was awesome. And I was like the best weird aunt, big sister Goodness thing. You don't have ever to had. hit him harder Goodness to either. make the slaps on his arm more <laughs> like, audible to the exactly. It, people it, get it. People get it. <laughs> if they're listening. Lord Thanks, help. Karis. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Karis is going to be. She's the 250 people. <laughs> yeah. Replaying it. Oh, my Lord. So uh, I will say that uh, me. Me, I, because I'm an adult with three degrees. Anyways, that teaches school. I speak bad English. Anyways, um, I bonded with the entire, all the, at least all the males of the foster family over outdoors. Uh, they were all Scouts. in scouting, uh, and then the hunting and fishing aspect of it all is always just fun to listen to. Absolutely. They have a, literally a room. I, was it you or Reed that got the taxidermy training? Oh, that was Reed. Reed. That was Reed. Reed. Uh, I was in there having to do all the side work for right. him, but he was the one that was the artist. Yeah, I mean, they're they're they they're an amazing family, and they do such an interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I wish we'd have everybody on here. I know. Well, I wish we'll, we could. actually was, have. We'll actually have his brother and um, sister-in-law on here probably in a few weeks as well. So, because oh, yeah. they're redoing the like an airstream, oh, the and, and that so, is totally up our thing. Yeah. yeah, so like we're they're they're like we just really bonded over like. We just, really need to have Chris and Robin on here so we can talk about how they got their family so engaged in the outdoors. Because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it it may, it may be hunting, but I mean, like. I'd say it was more of they kicked us outside, so we had to find stuff to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Y'all got on earth, so they were like, get out of my house. Yeah. Not Robin Foster. That is an angel on earth, and she it, would no, never hey, do anything I bad. I personally would say that's the best style, you okay. know? Kick them out. She's an angel. Well, She's I mean, angel. but I mean, I mean, y'all were all, were y'all all involved in FFA and oh, yeah. stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Too. Everything. I mean, I only guess that because, you know, you live on a literal farm with, right. tar- you know. Turkeys, chickens, turkeys, cows, and goats. I, I say they live. Everybody's in transition right now. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, they have everything. Yeah. Daphne, Daphne, we are in Holland, Michigan. And she's like, oh, my gosh. 
chickens. And they're in this like little bitty coop that I'm kidding you is not no, no, much no. wider than no, here. No, no, no. The story you don't need you need to know is that we're in Mammoth Cave National Park and you were mm-hmm. asleep. And I, we drove past six turkey. Now listen to okay. me. Listen. This story. We drove by six turkey. I stopped at every turkey. I said, girls, look at the turkey. Girls, look at the turkey. And Daphne, our six-year-old, said, like we can't see a turkey back at home. <laughs> Sarcastic little snot. Well, I mean, but, I tell but you remember what. Remember with the chickens in Holland, she was like, oh, wait, take a picture. And I'm like... Cause you can't get it, but she'll be at the she'll be at y'all's house and she'll be like, ah, no, like she won't get near them. But she's like, take. I'm like Daphne, you can take a picture anytime. She goes, yeah. not like this. And I think that's the thing is because she can stay. Like they right. were all in a, a very small coop, not probably about the size of that island. Not a chicken coop bigger than where like, I where my house is actually. My mm-hmm. the man cave. Hey, just be that lucky that you have your own house. 100%. You hey, could hey, be staying in the house. With I'm your out of the house with my parents, and I'm grateful for that. It just cracks me up that the hen house is the same. It's 16 by 16, just like the man cave. Mm-hmm. But man cave is also perfect two, size for man me. Man cave is also two. You know what though. cracks me up is the, the single dude lives in the man cave. And the married couple. And the married couple. couple lives inside the house. Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't want to move twice. That was well, their thing. Uh, and yeah, I don't. I think they point. wanted more space than that. Yeah. You got to think, Gabby's got a lot of clothes. Well, uh, and then also, they probably need something to be less like... They need something to kick them out. Like they, yeah. they don't want to get too comfortable. That's true. Beautiful. Good point. So enough about family dynamics. <laughs> so um, we have well, a let's, basic let's do question. this at the end. Okay. The, the three the questions. Okay. Um, let's talk about just, I don't know. So Adam, how did let's you? Tell us about your business. Well, yeah. yeah. How'd y'all get into like, because you were like high school, if not middle school when y'all oh, started was, this, weren't you? Let's see. Because uh, Reed was in high school. 2011. Well, really 2009 is whenever so, – so Reed started duck hunting because we had a friend at church that um, had some decoys and he started watching The Duck Commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people know them as Duck Dynasty, but mm-hmm. we've been watching their movies since we were probably three years old and loved it. And we always did deer hunting a lot as a family and my dad did a lot of duck hunting, um, but we didn't really do a whole lot of it here. But Jim Sarles, who was a good friend of my parents mm-hmm. – had a bunch of decoys he wasn't really using anymore. And Reed kind of got into it and was like, yeah, this, you know. And so we would go to the back uh, pond where I now have that giant blind. And we would just hide in the trees and just try and shoot a couple ducks. And we kind of started really falling in love to it, started spending way too much money doing it, and kind of got really good at it, I guess. Or at least to a level where people started kind of asking us, like, hey, can we come duck hunting with y'all? And we're like, yeah, sure. And they're like, how much money? And we were like, like oh, we, we, you can, we can charge for this? Mm-hmm. Like, that's something you can do? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. How much? And we're like, okay, I'm uh, not really exactly sure how to do that. But, and then it kind of just developed from there. Um, and Reed, Reed definitely was the one that kind of started it out. You know, I was. But he was also older. So yeah, I mean, he like, was even, 15. I was 9, 10, you know, at the time. And so um, they had an ongoing joke. They called me uh, the slave, not in any kind of, you know derogatory way it was just i <laughs> you was, had to do it. you were the I, gopher boy exactly you were the gopher boy. exactly i was the gopher boy and reed would hold it over my head he'd be like hey i need you to go get the decoys and put them in the truck for tomorrow morning and i'm like you gonna help me he's like no you go do it and i'm like why aren't you gonna help me he's like do you want to go duck hunting tomorrow <laughs> and i'm like yeah and he's like then go do the decoys uh-huh. and so i basically was there boy you know i had to basically do whatever was asked me but i mean that taught me a lot because i got to 
do it myself. I wasn't, I know a lot of guys that uh, got into duck hunting and they kind of just let their buddies do everything and they don't know how to necessarily do it. It's like if they were getting into fly fishing or something and you they only the grabbed rod the rod once the fish was on. You know, they didn't know how to put the rod together or anything like that. And so, well, and I, I noticed that just to kind of put that, I, I noticed for me, it gets to a point where like now I go and I don't even like, I'll see the kind of water we're at and I don't even have to ask Chris what kind of, um, fly I need. Yeah, like I've exactly. gotten to the, and it's cool because it used to be literally like I would just sit in the car and then I would come out. But the more I've done it, the more, so like I can definitely, what? Well, when you only use a parachute, at, parachute I don't Adams. only ever use a parachute Adams. Those are just the most lucky. Purple parachutes, yes, I know. I know. Hey, they are the most. Lucky. Every time I use a purple parachute Adams, I always catch. Hey, I did always have one fly that I caught the most on. That mine's a purple what was parachute it? Adams. It was. No. Well, it kind of depended on what I was – if we were trout fishing, it was um, – I think it was like a brown nymph or something like that. Some tiny. I mean, absolutely Very tiny. Very basic. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean, did great with it any time I fished with it. But here I would I would bass fish to the ponds, fly fish to the ponds, and I'd use a big old topwater mm-hmm. grasshopper, and we would tear Wait, them up. Do y'all have, okay, do you all have fish in y'all's ponds or not? So the back L-shaped pond is what we call it. It's the only pond that catches rainwater. So we've got – seven ponds on the property because our property used to be a catfish farm uh thank you granddad because now i have amazing duck hunting areas um but only one catches water and there used to be a pipe system that ran to every pond to keep them full but he also used to have to run the well year round because it gets so hot so you lose about an inch of water um every day if it's above 80 degrees and the amount of surface area obviously impacts that. And the ponds yeah. are not extremely deep, but they are very, you know, wide. And so whenever I've got duck it's ponds, great for ducks. it's great for ducks because it goes dry and then I can plant it with whatever I want or just the moist soil management um, does a lot. Like this year, I didn't plant any millet or anything like that. I planted corn. Um, and so we've got a couple acres of corn in there, but everything else is just moist soil management. The amount of millet and uh, sorghum, buckwheat, all that stuff that comes up that the ducks just love. Okay, so okay. let's pause right there. Okay. So what you're talking about is that when you take your clients out, right, uh, you have you're taking them to manicured, 100%. for like a better word, landscaped ponds, and and is that a thing that other guides do, or is that just something that you know of as that you do? Have you been, I mean, I know y'all go pheasant hunting. Uh-huh. Is that something that you have learned from other people? I mean, I'm just wondering. So it depends on the area you're in. So if you go out to West Texas, you're not going to find that. No, but, no, no. but that's kind of because they're doing a lot of field hunting. So in that sense, they are manicured because a- it's a planted crop. Right. Um, here in our area of Texas, it's a lot of cattle ponds, um, little swamps, stuff like that, that these birds are eating it. And it doesn't get so cold that these birds are going to be targeting um, the high starch foods like corn, milo, and things like that. So if you can find a good mix of those and put it all together, you get the perfect situation for ducks. Mm -hmm. So what we try and do is, like I said, our ponds go dry every year. So I go in and I'll plant a cold crop is what I call them. So you've got corn, milo, those crops with heavy starch that those birds will target whenever it gets really cold so they can get their carbohydrates, um, things like that to stay warm. Um, We're supposed to beat Farmer's Almanac, so it's going to be a cold winter. You know, they say that a lot. We'll see what actually happens. I but. mean, but let's just the say the farmers, the farmers, 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 farmers. That, that bourbon's hitting a little hard here, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
By the way, we're drinking a New Riff bourbon, Kentucky bourbon. It's very good. It and, is very yeah. good. It's and a gift from my brother, uh, Nicolatio, uh, who's from Kentucky area, and uh, Brittany's drinking her trash. You know, her trash panda. Wit clues. <laughs> her raccoon drink. Anyways, um, the farmer's almanac. I feel is like never I feel like wrong. Adam is sitting here going, "Why in the hell did I agree to this?" Crap? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you, have you met my friends? Have you said, this is all we he's do. Like, he's like, Brittany, I, you've, you've been in my life long enough. I know <laughs> you're enjoying it obnoxious. Come on. <laughs> no, but yeah, those uh, the ponds. They, uh, I mean, I go in and I plant them, um, mm-hmm. build so lines you, in the right areas. And did you do like research on how? Like, that's what you're supposed to do. How did you learn all of that? Kind of research, hundred percent. I mean, YouTube has been a great thing. You can go on there and basically type in anything you want, Google whatever you want, and it'll bring it up. And there's a lot of guys that have done a lot of you know research, especially into moist soil management, um, mm-hmm. because you know, and you just look at the types of ducks we get. We get puddle ducks. We don't really get a whole lot of diver ducks, except in our back pond. Okay, so explain what's the sort so, of detail. Yeah, because I'm puddle like, ducks and you're, diver you're, ducks. You're talking to like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've got puddle ducks, which are gonna land in water that could be six inches to a dry field to you know ten to twelve feet. That's the type of so water what are that your they common, enjoy. What are, what's a common? What's a common puddle duck? A common yeah. puddle duck. So you got gadwalls, which we get a lot around here, mallards, pintails. Okay, so like a mallard. The, I know the a most mallard common is. ducks are, are puddle ducks. Okay. Um, okay. And then you have diver ducks or sea ducks, um, which those are going to be ringnecks, canvas backs, redheads, um, and hooded mergansers, hey, which I'm, actually eat I'm fish as well. Right you are a little bit of a redhead. Yeah. And a canvas back is a redhead too. He's just a lot bigger duck, which he can actually, fun fact, uh, canvas backs can fly 70 miles an hour. Which wow. is insane. That um, should have been our fact. That should have been oh, our fact. Sorry. Oh, sorry. We're sitting here going, what should our trick hey, be? Hey, and you're I'm literally just giving it up. nothing. It's full of facts. All right, well, tell us real quick about teals then. So, teal are puddle ducks. So, they're the smallest of the ducks or just in general waterfowl so species. We do. We get, we get a lot of uh, green winged teal. Early okay. season, we'll get blue winged teal. So, they push down basically with the first front that comes. So the first time they feel a north wind and it drops even 10 degrees, they're going to start headed south. Mm -hmm. And so they'll get all the way up to basically the Canada border. They'll go higher than that, but not a whole lot. But they're going to Mexico. Right. They're... They you know, want it warm. And so, that's, a, that's a big deal. They like have a special right. call, all these different so, things. So, yeah, yeah. They actually kind of sound like a duck. It's very high-pitched kind of yeah. thing. Whereas green-winged teal, they whistle, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth. And so they are all a little bit different. But the teal species is just – it's a smaller type duck. So, I mean, it's not bigger than this. You know, it's a little bit bigger than a dove. Okay, so when he says this – He's looking at less oh, than yeah. 12 Forgot inches. People can't We're see talking that. like maybe 10, 8 to 10 inches. Yeah, just mm-hmm. I would say maybe a little bit bigger than a softball. Maybe a softball and a half is kind That's of the size very of a teal. Small. Yeah, they're not they're not very big. They're and, and I mean it kind of depends on when they are. So late season we'll still have green winged teal around. They'll get more plumage and their feathers will get bigger. Um, but once you take away all those feathers, they're like the really meat, not that big. The meat-wise, you're not yeah. going to get a lot. And, and, I mean, that's kind of the same for most waterfowl. Some people plume them and pluck them and do everything off of them and eat all of it. But you the know, most part of the know, meat is just the breast. You know what I know that plucks feathers is my friend's dog. Jaeger oh. does like to do that. You know who else <laughs> likes to do that? 
hey, hey, but that's kind of what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to go right. after birds, right? So Adam's very um, protective over his dog, and he's been getting a lot of flack from Everyone the family. Everyone wants to blame him, man. Everybody wants to, because Jaeger's the, well, he's not the puppy, but he's the boy he's, puppy. He's the second, second yeah, youngest second youngest. Point. And so everybody's giving Adam crap about Jaeger doing everything Jaeger's wrong. just really bad about getting well, caught. Well, and when you name him, problem. and when you that's name a dog Jaeger, hey, what it in just the sounded heck do cool. you expect? It just sounded cool. Name just him after a German infantry unit? Come on. <laughs> or an <laughs> okay. well, Like this, yeah, he named the, the the kid who was a good quality person okay. and didn't drink until he was 21. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so what else do you do to prepare uh, your pawns for uh, hunting season? Are you right? I know right now you're working on, you've been welding on a duck line. I have been. So we... Uh, yeah, well, lighting myself on fire. Yeah, yes, my mother did. That was not on a duck blind. That was on a cattle that shelter. Was else, but yeah, but uh, yeah. So I like to put in stationary blinds. Um, a lot of people don't like stationary blinds um, because they're obviously you can't move them, mm-hmm. and you're not always going to hunt ducks in the exact same spot. But what a stationary blind allows you to do is one, you don't have to set up a blind in the morning. You don't have to brush nearly as much. We'll brush one time uh, mid September when all the leaves are still on the trees. Um, if you cut them, then the leaves will stay on them until the end of January. So what um, does brush mean? Brush means just covering them up in, uh, cause I mean, you've got a box, right? Is basically what a duck blind is. It's a box with a roof. Um, it doesn't look natural Have at all. Have you ever seen the duck blinds that he made? No, I've never seen their duck blinds, yeah. but I've I mean, seen I've, his duck blinds. I'll have to take you back there and show you the back yeah, one. Yeah, um, but, uh, it's 362 square feet. So mm-hmm. I think I did That's the math right. It's, it's. 24 by 16 feet deep, I believe. And that so, way bigger than yeah, it's, it has couches and a kitchen area and okay, that's whatnot. Way bigger than what you just said. Right. Yeah. Because we, yeah, we, we lived in 200 square feet. Honestly. That's so your duck blind is bigger than our old house. Yes. It's a big, that's a big duck blind. You're talking about the. The RV. Okay. I was about, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, it was 24 by 16. That's really 384. Big. That's the number. Oh, that's a big house. 24 that's, by 16. We could have lived, we could have lived, we could have lived in Basically. your duck line. Yeah, you could have. It's got, it's got three couches and a kitchen area and then a shooting deck um, and everything like that. So I got the word. Do you have stairs or a ladder that goes no, to the <laughs> No, I've thought about doing a second story on it, but uh, I ran out of time. It was during COVID. I was That's, bored. Yeah, he made and it. So I went back there you, and just. Didn't you have. I had two or three other duck blinds I tore down. Oh, I thought, see, I thought you had COVID, one. so you couldn't really be in the house. I did for, I did for a like week. You weren't sick, sick. You weren't like sick. You just tested no, positive, I so you couldn't just, be around people. Well, I actually never even tested positive. I was just around like 30 people who did. Yeah. And I never even showed a symptom. My back was sore one morning. That was it. But, but I know, like, that your mom, like, made you, like, a well, we had Grant yeah. at the time too, and so, and so you like stayed far right. away. And so my I mom think, would like, drop food at my door, yeah. and then she'd go away, and I'd go pick it up. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So we've got to brush the blinds, so we cover them in tree limbs, grass, anything that will blend it into its environment. So, okay. um, and and I mean, there's something to be said. You could just leave it how it is, and those ducks, if they want to be there that bad, they'll get used to it. They'll get used to what's there, and it's the same thing for. Well, if you're hunting by a pond and there's no trees around it, and then you've got this one duck blind with a bunch of cedar trees around it, well, a duck's going to see that as a big cedar tree. They're not going to see it as something out of the ordinary, so they'll still come by it. Um, but you got to brush them, get it ready for that. Um, I also go and I shred what I call the uh, honey hole, kill zone, whatever you want to call it, right in front of the blind. So 
the millet, sorghum, corn, um, all that's going to be, you know, five, six foot tall. Well, a duck's not going to land in two foot of water if there's five, six foot tall of, of foliage above it. And so I go through and I shred the area right in front of it. And so it kind of forces the ducks to land where I want them to. It also allows them access to the bottom because ducks, a lot of times they'll go down, they'll get dirt, rocks and stuff like that. They'll swallow those and then use the crop to break down. They're like most birds, you know, they'll have a crop full of gravel in a sense. And that's how they break apart their food. I did not know that. Did you know that? And so there's a duck called a spoonbill, actually, and he literally he literally spoonbill. had his bill is literally the shape of a spoon, yeah. and it's because they are massive uh, bottom sifters. They'll sift through, eat the bugs and and the dirt and stuff like that um, on the bottom. But all kinds of ducks they eat different stuff, and so we just make sure we can provide whatever it is they're wanting to eat because on a, on a 70 degree day in Texas in the middle of December, which we have quite often, mm-hmm. um, they're not going to want to eat, you know. A hot tamale in that sense, yeah, exactly. but they would definitely eat some Cheetos, some bugs. I feel like Adam's kind of sounding smart right now, and it's kind of freaking me out. <laughs> you just got to ask me about the right things. I'm like, yeah. I'm kind of freaking out because I'm like, I've Adam's only, I've really only studied smart this right like now, no I'm other. Kind of freaking out about it. Okay, so my next question. Okay, because we, the last question kind of barreled off of okay, what we so, learned. Hold about. on, I need a pause though. Yes or no? Are there fish in the pond at your house? There are fish in one of the ponds. Okay. Because it st- keeps water in it. The rest of the I ponds go, go bone dry. Fishing. We sometimes we but just want to go. Catfish. It is it is bass, and there may still be some crappie in it. I caught I caught like a thirteen inch crappie maybe mm-hmm. four or five years ago in there. Um, I've fished them much in the last couple of years. Well, the L shape specifically. Okay. okay Side note. That's all. So my next question is. Okay, so we talked about how you and Reed started mm-hmm. the business. So how's it come? Because I know Reed, Reed has moved away. Yes. Uh, so, and I don't know why you'll probably expand it up to where he lives now. <laughs> but anyways, um, how does it come to the point and, and give us the whole narrative to where you are now in charge? And then, then you can also expand into your next level of... Uh, you know, in, yeah. into the other ranches. 100%. So, um, go back to 2009, basically. It was Reed um, and two of his best friends. One was our cousin. Um, and they kind of just started duck hunting and whatnot together. That was it. Um, Which cousin? Uh, Ryan Long. The Longs. I don't, I, y'all haven't ever met them. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they hunted a lot, and I was right there with them. Dayton's little brother was right there with us. And, and so... When we had clients on the, you know, occasional time that we did, it was, you know, Reed and Dayton or Reed or Ryan and then me. That was typically the common. And then as we kind of went and they all kind of went to college, um, it was Reed and I a lot. And then as Reed, you know, went to college, someone kind of had to take over the client base. And so um, I would say around 2013, 2014 was whenever I started kind of taking clients out on my own. Now, obviously, I couldn't drive at the time. So my dad would still come with, um, but I was having to call the shots, set up the decoys, um, tell guys where we were doing, what we were doing, you know, to listen to me, safety talk, you know, everything like that. And so um, that's kind of where I started to kind of take over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, and, and along the way, we kind of picked up, you know, different companies that we've kind of partnered with and stuff like that. In 2011, Pacific Calls has been our biggest sponsor, and they actually live up there where Reed does. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is that so in Washington. did they just find out about y'all, you guys? So or? they had a guy. They were they started their company in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, building duck calls, and now they're massive. You know, if, if anyone does listen to this and they duck hunt and whatnot, they've more than likely heard of Pacific Calls at this oh, point. Right. They they started in a garage and now they have a massive shop and are doing phenomenal. Cool. But so does Reed do like? Because he's close to him, does he... He, he hunts and works with them occasionally. And so, um, but one of their guys found us in a Bass Pro one day, oh, blowing on some duck calls. He's bringing out the good stuff. Yeah. Ooh. But uh, that's how we got him with them. And then it kind of grew from there. We got him with several different companies, Drake Waterfowl, stuff like that. So we started getting kind of some, I don't know the word, but uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Not entitlement, but confidence. Confidence, that's what I'm thinking of. Like you felt, you like, okay. Yeah, we're like, we're kind of accomplished here, you know? And so we started kind of doing that. Well, I kind of took over and needed some help. And so my best friend, uh, Jake Wood, and and we kind of got Kane into it, the middle brother. Finally started being the okay with shot the, the best family. shot. He is the not the best shot. He, he beat us in one skeet shooting competition and told everybody. And so ever so since. So it was your mom that told me he was the best. Yeah, shot because she just loves how much it irks Reed specifically. I just sit there and go, that's Maybe not that's true. Why. It's it is it's the Reed Kane rivalry. Mm, okay, okay, it okay, is. Okay, okay. So in case Reed and or, and or Taylor listen to this. <laughs> yeah. No, but. Uh, that was that was basically what it was, and uh, but yeah, I took over probably 2015 or so. Um, and I've been guiding hunts, and then Jake Wood started helping me out a lot, and then he uh, his dad owns a ranch out north of Abilene. Um, it's a high fence ranch, and so um, we started going out there a lot, especially whenever I got into college, and we started having a lot well, more and you free were, time. Well, and you were close closer there. Right, right. I was you're probably a good halfway point. Yeah, yeah. Stephenville typically half the time. Jake would come through, pick me up in Stephenville, and then we'd head right there north to Abilene. And so it was, it was roughly two hours from uh, Stephenville, and it was two hours from Stephenville to here. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it I was basically exactly. And so we started doing more stuff out there, and um, that's Madera Bonita Ranch, and Jake Wood runs that whole thing. I help him kind of manage it and upkeep and things like that occasionally. And we're hoping to do a lot more hunts and stuff like that out there soon, and kind of get that rolling. He's got a big lodge out there, and so it's kind of best of both worlds. Um, but yeah, now we're kind of rolling everything together. So and then, what do y'all do out at his, his, I mean, same thing y'all do out here? Or? So out there, waterfowl hunting is very different than here. Here we're pretty established. Um, we kind of know where we need to be. I know what the hunting's like here. Out there, it's a lot more dry field hunting. And it's a lot more geese and sandhill cranes than it is ducks. Mm-hmm. Here we have a lot of puddle ducks because we have a lot more water than they do out there. Yeah. Out there they have, you know, playa lakes, roost lakes, where the geese will go. And then the geese will pick up every morning go out to the fields, eat, come back to water, go back out in the afternoon, and then go back to water at night. So my understanding is that the crane hunt is becoming a bigger deal Much than it bigger. used to be. Much bigger. Because, I, I mean, it's like the stake of the skies is what I've heard. Ribeye the like sky. Ribeye rib is, is phenomenal. It is so good. I've never had one. I would eat a sandhill crane over a sirloin, ribeye, anything you want, 10 times out of time. I mean, yeah, it is nice. phenomenal. And it's because of what they eat. So diver ducks, like we talked about earlier, they eat fish, you know, kind of the grimy stuff. And so they aren't as great at tastings. Whereas puddle ducks, depending on which one you refer to, they each have specific diets. So mallard's going to eat more starchy food, corn, milo, stuff like that. So a lot of people like mallard because of the taste it has. It's a little more fatty. Um, Whereas you have like teal that are not going to be eating that. So there's a little bit more, um, I guess, just less fatty. And so it's kind of a, it's kind of what you want. Different kind of flavor. Yeah, different kind of flavor. Whereas a crane, 
they don't sit in water. They roost in seven to eight inches of water, and that's all they're going to want to sit in because, I mean, it's a crane. They're, you know, four they're foot literally tall. literally made. They're massive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that's another cool thing about it is the fact that they look like pterodactyls, oh, you know, flying pterodactyls. through the sky. And so, um, but then, I mean, they eat just plain good, you know, peanuts, corn, milo, stuff like that. They're going to eat mm-hmm. nothing but the good stuff. Well, and I feel like with that, you're going to, it's going to be more, even more natural than probably cows because cows are going to be like spoon fed stuff. Whereas like cranes, for the most part, you're going to hit. Well, uh, cattle is supplemented mm-hmm. so much right. and they don't get a lot of, because they're, mm, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah. It, so I feel like it's just going to be a lot more, all, all so it's probably going to be a natural, a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crane is a whole lot more natural. Just like anything else. Um, People say, okay, venison is great. And then there's other people that say venison is, what's, what's, what do they say it is? Um, it's, um, gamey. Gamey. Gamey, that's what gamey. we're looking for. And a lot of people say ducks are extremely gamey. Yeah. And, and they I mean, are, but if you do it right. It's literally game. It's literally game. Because they those animals have lived in the wild. Yeah. Not, they haven't been fattened Supplemented up, and, and they yeah. haven't been given. And, and farmers give cattle and they give, um, chickens and turkey or whatever nope. else they give them supplements is the, the, the best nope. word to say uh to make them fatter well they've been genetically meat. modified too every chicken that you eat in the store is going to be genetically modified exactly to, and, i mean it's literally to make the breasts bigger and it, they're huge we're like, we're, we're, yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah Sorry. come on but i mean it, you I know we have meat chickens and meat turkeys and then we have chickens that just lay eggs, but and, like, I even, lay eggs and they're extremely I mean, I different know, i know that we're on like a team but like i've had your mom when y'all get the cows that y'all like i know that she went like she made that lasagna for me when i broke my ankle and you could tell the di- the different taste in the meat like your mom oh, yeah. i'm pretty sure wanted to take it home yeah. with her yeah. Because it was, it's just a different, like, natural yeah. versus. Well, but that's also my mother. You're talking about my mother? Yeah. That is the meat that my mother grew she was up raised with. on. Yes. Yeah. Well, my mother grew up on pork. Well, hey, we got, it's cheaper. we got three about to be steers, so. Well, yeah. they got pork that's going to be coming soon, too. Yeah, we got so, two pigs. So. Dad said I got to clear out room in the freezers because right. I got too many birds in there. Well, speaking of birds, so. uh, Adam and fam, they annually go, I think. Mm-hmm. Go out in West Texas because uh, Adam's dad, Chris, is from uh, Dumas, Dumas, not dumbass. He's but... a, no, he is a dumbass from Dumas. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but anyways, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> I call him that all the time. I know you do. I don't. Uh, but they go to West Texas and where they have a lot of friends and they go pheasant hunting. Yeah. Uh, this last year they provided me some pheasant tail. To make some flies with, I really appreciate it's still that. It's in our freezer. Hey, I got still some turkey freezer. feathers. Did I'll I ever, did I get you some? No, I'll take some turkey feathers. I got I got a couple. I can get. You. <laughs> a couple. Yeah. yeah. Well, these are actual wild Rio Grande Ooh, turkey feathers, which are much oh, much Rio prettier. Is different. Yeah. Man. So. Um, Jaeger made a turkey bald. So. <laughs> it wasn't just him. It was Lady and Beethoven. We found. No, whatever. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So that y'all go on an annual mm-hmm. uh, pheasant hunt. It, have y'all ever considered expanding, not pheasant hunt. What, did I say turkey hunt or pheasant hunt? It's, it's a pheasant, pheasant hunt. hunt. Um, 
have you ever considered expanding um, the guide service into pheasants? So the the guys we go with, uh, basically my uncle, um, known him my whole uh-huh. life, uh, Bryce Williams yeah. and Albert Smith, uh, they're best friends out there. Bryce, they run a farm that me and Kane have gone and worked on, and uh, my dad worked with uh, mm-hmm. his dad back in the day in Dumas, oh, like you yeah, talked yeah. about. And um, they actually ran a little bit of an outfitter for a little bit up there. Um, and it was called uh, Blue Sky Pheasants, which is one of our rules. Make sure there's blue sky behind the pheasant before right. you shoot. You know, kind of a safety thing. Um, and we've we've talked about it. Um, we've just kind of that area. We've we've gotten into kind of a conservation mindset. Um, we have a great group of, of family that goes up every single year. Um, we have the third weekend of December that goes up every year. It's slotted for, you know, our side of the family and everything like that. But they've got other people that kind of come up and – and just became a great, you know, kind of friend, kind of family, enjoy what we have. And because the limit up there is it's three roosters per person. You can't shoot any hens in Texas because we don't have the population like Kansas or South Dakota has for pheasant. Um, and I think it's it, there's a lot of different reasons for that. People say it's the fire ants. People say it's feral cats. There's a million different things that people would say, but we just or don't have that. it could just that. be that we don't get right. as cold so, as they do. That could be that too, but... <laughs> You, you just answered the question that came to my mind is that how can you tell the difference in the sky? And it's obvious that they're on the ground. And I just want to make sure that's explicit. Yeah. Because for people that don't know is that pheasants are ground birds. They're ground birds. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. ground bound. And so they they're nest on the ground. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the fire ants and the cats, that makes right. completely and, and a lot of people will say know. it's it's the feral cats, you know, a lot because if you think about it, you know, in the last a hundred years, cats have become a pet. You know, people didn't really, house. yeah, definitely. Well, we got farm cats, so. but you know, and, and so and other people say it's it's lead shot. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Thank you, Storm. Yeah, thank you, Storm. Some people say it's even lead shot. You know, and using that because they say, oh, "Oh, if you're shooting so much into a Milo field and then a bird comes by and picks up a lead pellet instead of a Milo seed, which look very similar, that could kill them. I personally don't think that's a huge impact because, one, I think birds are way smarter than that. They're going to know whenever they're picking up something they don't want to eat versus – and even if they don't, the amount of Milo seeds in a field compared to the amount of times you actually shoot at pheasant – in a field in one pass or two passes, it's not good. It's not even yeah. remotely close. I mean, you're going to have millions and millions of Milo seeds left over after a harvest where you might have, I don't know, 40, 50 shots in a field, which is going to leave maybe a couple, like 10,000 lead mm-hmm. pellets. And so just the ratio there, I don't think is enough to impact a population. So, if they're, and they'd have to digest enough of it too. What made right. you so, want to continue? Kind of like what. Like you said, you were like the gopher. Like, what made you want to continue, for lack of a better term, Reed's work? Like, he's kind of started yeah. this. Yeah. Like, what made you go, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this? Um, I'd say I just I fell in love with it. Whenever I was 16, my most memorable um, guide ever, um, we had a friend who used to actually pheasant hunt with us up in the Panhandle. He hasn't been able to make it up as much. Um, but he had an eight-year-old son. Um, and he asked me to go on a duck hunt and I said, yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't charge kids under 16 years old. Cause if I, if my dad had to pay every single time for me to duck hunt when I was younger than 16, he wouldn't be able to do it. Cause there was three of us. And so 
that's going from a two hundred fifty dollar charge on a on a you know duck hunt morning to a thousand dollar charge. Right. He wouldn't have been able to do that every single time. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's good policy. So you'll yeah. take a million for free. Hundred okay. percent. Bring it on. And uh, you know, if she wants well, to. It's also, children under what age? Don't have that. Eighteen don't have that license. They, I think they have to have. They have to have a license. They don't At have 16. to have their hunter's education. I, I'm not sure. I think it, there's well, something I, about being with your like parents. I feel like it's the other one or the other. I feel At like 16, the I think education. you have to do the hunter's ed, and then they right. have to have that little license. Right, as well. It, so, it may be I that. I feel like the hunter's ed is a lot more important than the license, but that's just me. Well, but, I'm not but, sure. I'm not but sure. as long as you have the parent there, if the parent has the parent's a big ed, thing, I believe. The okay. parent has the hunter. The parent has to have the hunter's ed. Yes. Okay. So, so if suddenly that so thing creepily shows up and says, hey, I want to go shoot a deer... And we're like, mm-hmm. well, hun, we don't daddy to, has to no go through a... No one used to a, give Daphne a, a gun. Daddy no has to, to go through a hunter's head. That's what it comes down well, to. Well, and, and my dad is grandfathered in. He doesn't have to have his hunter's well, education. because he's so old. Because he's so old, 100%. Yeah. He's 97. So, yes. as of yesterday. Yes, yes. No, no, Monday. That was two days ago, no. Yeah. No. I spend every day with him, so... so I feel bad because I forgot together, to call him on his birthday because I was more concerned about my anniversary, but I did buy him a it's pink reasonable. cake. It's reasonable. But I also bought him a pink cake the day before. I didn't tell y'all happy anniversary. No, you did not. I'm so sorry. Happy anniversary. I was distracted by my father's birthday. Right, you were there. You know. So how was Fort Worth? It was was cool. I I had never been to that side of the stockyards, actually. And so I actually enjoyed that side. All of my friends in college. Yeah. All of my friends in college wanted to go to the uh, party fun side bar of Of Fort Worth. Did not enjoy that. Was not a fan of that. Specifically because it cost me like $250. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. I bought one friend a drink. It was her birthday. And so I bought two of them. I was like, what do you want? And then I'll just get the same thing and try it. It was like $85. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy cow. When you get to our age, the only place you want to go to is the piano bar. Oh, hey, I want to sit by a campfire and have a glass of bourbon with my buddies. You know, and talking stories. Like, That's what I want to do. Do this. Exactly. This, this is exactly. All, yeah, we might not have a campfire, but it's also like 100 degrees exactly. outside. So, like, let's do this yeah. rather right. than. No, absolutely. 100%. Mm. So, sorry, kind of got on a tangent there. No, but, okay. Um, so, you just kind of fell in love with it. And yeah, fell in love with it. I got to take a kid that was the exact same age as me to the exact same pond at the back of my house where I started duck hunting. Exactly. And I watched his face light up getting to shoot his very first duck in the exact same spot that I did at the same age. Um, and that just kind of reminded me why I loved it so much. You know, I remember vivid memories of, you know, Mallard's coming in and it's just me and Reed. And I've got this old 20 gauge my granddad had and us shooting our first sets of ducks. And I mean, that was just, it was amazing to watch. And so I got to see that kid have the exact same experience. And I realized that I loved providing that for people mm-hmm. you know i don't even take a gun half the time anyway or i will depending on how good people are shots in the blind because everyone wants to have you know a harvest at the end of a hunt and sometimes people you're just not very used to it and so i'll take so a like gun if you were to take us out you'd need to take a gun. i would take a gun but but the thing is is me and my guides what we do is i always instruct them we're not the first shots yeah maybe more than you, more you than than chris you know but um i have been dove hunting thank you very well dove hunting is a lot different than duck hunting just saying. Definitely. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, I struck my guides to never take – we don't ever take the first shot. Say you've got four birds coming in. We're not – when I say kill them, we're not going to stand and shoot first. When that bird gets to 40 yards and everyone's basically shot a couple times, then we might take a shot. 
and at least or you, have or a couple you birds take, at the or end of the day. you watch your person and like you see them taking a shot and you take a shot at the same time and you, <laughs> so, you get it. So they're like, I got it. I actually like, keep a tally job. of the amount of birds that I've shot because it was like a beautiful pintail came in. And everyone's shooting, everyone's shooting and no one's hitting it. And I'll shoot at the same time as somebody and just smoke this bird. And I know I smoked it. And the guy's like, yeah, I got it. And I'm just like, yeah, you did. Great job. And they'll put it on a wall. And I've got, I know but for a fact. Also, but that's I've, also the part of, part of your Oh, yeah, job. 100%. Like just, he will to, never know that I was the one that actually. Except, but hey, I didn't say his name. Yeah. You know, but I know for a fact I have six birds that I have killed that are on other people's walls. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They, they love the again, experience of it. Your, and they could, have had, they could have had pellets in it. They could have killed it too. I, I can't say they completely missed yeah. Or anything like that. I just know that that happens a lot. But I see the look on their face. That's what they're there for. That's what they want to go do. And so, yeah. I mean, just kind of throw them up with it all around. Well. (laughs) Adam's like, I'm back away now. He's like, I'm a little nervous right now. I would say the other. I don't like the small guns. They make me nervous. (laughs) I would say the other reason, though, is not just because I fell in love with it. Because it's such a challenge. Hunting, duck hunting, and this is what I was talking to you and what Chris brought up that one time, Mm -hmm. that guiding is a job in a thousand different ways. One, you're trying to predict wild animals. That's impossible. I mean, you can predict what they did the day before. It doesn't mean they're going to do it the next day. Especially with ducks and stuff like and that. You've come home gri- griping about oh, that. Yeah. You've been like, uh, oh I my mean, gosh, yesterday it was so awesome and today yep. they were assholes. Yeah, 100%. And they will. They will 100% give you the finger one morning so and the like, next day they will be the dumbest birds in the world and do exactly what you want them to do. So they're like students. What I was going to say is, is that. Uh, Adam made a great point earlier that it's a, it's, it's a great tie-in to our whole podcast is that um, uh, his guide work is all about learning. Oh, yeah. And, and, and being a guide is all about being a teacher. Um, and if you can have the opportunity to take your children on a guided hunting trip, it is a great opportunity. I do remember um, – not my scout troop, which I kind of wish they did. And I told my dad, don't do that, when he told me that they were doing this. But an a opposing scout troop in our town, they did a hunting, guiding, uh, uh, hunter's guider course for their kids. Uh, and once you're done with that, you're done with that. Yeah. Here I am, I'm 41, I've never done one, and I need to do it. And every year I say, I need to do it. And you can do it online now. Yep. It just takes time. You talking about the hunter's like, education course? Yeah, the hunter's education yeah. course. Yeah. Well, you, you know can what's do, funny? You can do like, like most of it online and you can do – you have to do like one class in person or something so like that. I did all of mine friends, online in less than two hours. His friends – It wouldn't even take it out. His friends have been trying to get him to, into duck hunting and he's like his, – because his thing is he's like, I just don't want to drive all the way – to so drive 15 like, minutes. Come on. That's what I said. I'm I need like, to make seriously? sure you come this year. Honestly. I'm like, seriously? Yeah. You like, can sleep on that couch. You can sleep on the couch in the blind until it's time for you to wake up. And then you can wake up and you can duck hunt the rest of the time and we'll feed you breakfast. It's pretty nice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty so good. We're not, we're so not, I'm not paying good. you $250. No, no. Y'all are, y'all are family. Yeah. That's yeah. not I'm how like, that I'm works. I'm not paying you $250. No. I might give you $25. I'll no. give you 10%. See, but I don't need a duck on the wall. 
I just, oh, yeah. I watch one. He just wants the experience. He just, yeah. And that's kind of what y'all were talking about. So Chris just went with his dad, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later in another podcast, um, on a guided fishing trip, and they didn't catch anything. And I was, I'm, I was mad. I'm still kind of mad that we spent the money on this. And he even said, I don't want to go to Arkansas because I don't want to just go and sit in the water and not catch any fish. I want to go on a guide trip. And so, why in the heck did you not go to Arkansas because you wanted to go on a guide trip? So, let me pause you for a second. My dad is 73 years old, and this is the first time he ever saltwater fly fished ever. That's why. And I know. And that's what I'm saying. It's the experience. And it kind of goes back to you with the little boy. Like, it's all about the experience. Yes, you are going to, and in some ways... In some ways, I'm sure fishing is easier than hunting. Hunting is fishier. Fish... Easier than fishing. It depends on the type you're doing. Yeah, it just depends on it just depends on what you're doing. But like you know, you can like okay, your your guy hasn't caught anything, and you're like, oh crap, I need it. So Mm -hmm. you can you can catch it for him, and him think he catches it, um, and you can't really do that for fishing. So we had some friends that went out with y'all. Yeah, and they didn't they didn't get a lot of ducks. We did not. We did not do great that day. But but. They had a great the time. The ones that I talked to, they had a great time. And they said they, would do they wanted to go again because they felt like they learned something from you. Yeah. Or they could learn something from you. And that's what's important is that we have to always remember as adults that we've got to grow and we got to get better. I mean, and it's like I told you the other day, like growing up fishing on your own ponds – not fishing on your ponds, but hunting on your ponds or fishing on your own ponds. Yeah. It does not make you, I don't know, adept at fishing somewhere else. No, 100%. Completely different. Exactly. Or hunting somewhere else. Right. And so... So do you think Reed has had to learn oh, yeah. a new way to do it? So... Honey, I mean... Just to tell you how, how different 30 it is. Years, 30 degrees yeah. colder. Yeah. Now, I mean, commonly. I mean, we had to prepare... Because we went up there and hunted yeah, last year. Yeah, y'all, y'all are going to do that again this we're, year. We're going up um, a little earlier this year, so it won't be as cold. But last year, it was averaged five degrees. Um, at most of the time, actually, it was about zero when we were driving out of the spot. But there was three foot of snow on the ground. I've, I had never killed a waterfowl species in the snow until mm-hmm. I went to Idaho and Washington. And that's and, and I've been hunting since I was nine, and I'm 23 now. And never killed a duck or a goose yeah. in the snow. And went up there and, you know, obviously so knocked had, that out. Learn, he had to learn. He had to learn certain things, yeah. you know. And, and there's a lot of things that carry over. Obviously, you know, wind direction, decoy spreads, calling, different species. That, you know, there's a lot of that stuff that carries over. But, like, up there – the birds are going to really start moving a little bit later than they do down here because it's cold all day. Up yeah, you there. don't have to get up at four. And, o'clock and those morning. birds will move all day. One one morning we hunted until one two o'clock, and you could do that every single day up there just about because it's going to be cold. Those birds are going to move around a lot. They're going to mm-hmm. bounce around, staying warm, getting feed. Here they go from the roost in the morning and they stay where they are all day long because it's going to take too much energy and they're going to get too warm. Bounce it around to different places because it'll be it'll be thirty degrees here and then it'll be seventy degrees by eleven o'clock. It's like fishing for trout. Like Mm -hmm. if the temperature is above seventy degrees in the water, they're not going to go up. Actually, it's not seventy; it's like fifty 
57 or so something does he, like that. does Reed do guides up there or does he, he not? He, he hasn't, hasn't gotten really into guides. He, I was like, um, he probably doesn't have time. Wife, kid, work, yeah, everything. Yeah, he's oh it, all But if Reed started it up up there, I mean, y'all would be oh, busy. Yeah. No, oh. but you can't because they got to get Robin's. We got to get LEJ down here. so we can Oh, yeah. Shit. Well, they'll be they'll be back down here soon, hopefully. But um, willing. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, he definitely could. He knows how to do it. You know, he's he's extremely good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, does great up there. Um, I think he kind of just enjoys the just not having to guide. I mean, there's times where I get extremely tired of guiding. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have to be a great people person. You have to know how to do the business side of things. You have to make sure you're basically taking care of, you know, yeah. however many people you have that morning. Sometimes which, you just want to go out and You hunt. just want to go out and have fun with your buddies and just enjoy the experience that you fell in love with in the first place. And, and I mean, guiding for people is a great time. It is awesome. And it means you get to cover your cost. But you don't want to do that every weekend. There's yeah. days where you want to just have fun yourself, you know? Yeah. And so. But that's All also right. why you're blessed about having. A spot where you live. No, hundred percent, right, right outside the house. Yeah. yeah. So when is my 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 last question? What is duck season? Like when is it from when to when? So depends on where you are. Um, in Texas. In Texas, it's youth season is typically that first weekend in November. Um, a lot of times it's like the fifth or so, um, which is why I love where my birthday is because I get duck season as a birthday present every year. Okay. Um, so the fifth, right around there, is typically youth season, the youth weekend. And then the following weekend is whenever normal duck season starts. So that will go. So they um, let youths, youths, the youths start earlier. Youth and veterans uh, will 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 get a whole weekend to themselves. Okay. Um, which I mean, I think is great. So you know, granddad could go duck. Yeah, yeah. I would. Definitely. I would love to do that youth season. It may not be super great, but we'll get out there. We'll throw decoys. We'll do the whole shindig. But well, it, you know, it's not super. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It's not a uh, super cold yet, so we don't have a ton of birds. A little, it could also give you a little bit of like exactly. good setup to kind of see maybe yeah. what's gonna. Yeah, and so and we could do it at the house and they whatnot. Can be your and so pigs. they can be right, my guinea pigs. And then the season lasts until when? The season lasts until the end of January. So typically January twenty eighth, twenty ninth. So it's just like kind of three months. So three months, just about on the dot, and the so coldest season. Yep, yeah. the coldest months of the and year. That's because the ducks migrate. Yeah, right, they they'll be down here. Teal will get here earlier because they're smaller. Mm-hmm. And so they can't deal with as much water. So they'll get here in September, but then the big ducks won't get down here until November. They'll head back out mm-hmm. end of January. So um, if anybody's enjoyed hearing what you've had to say, um, we want them to be able to find out how to contact you, how to get in touch with you. So, so what- give us the business step. First off, uh, how before, before you give any like, like location information. Yeah. That's not what I was going to do. No, I was going to have him give this stuff. No, well, before that, okay. this is because this is important. How do you take payment? Do you have a square? Do you have Venmo? All that stuff. So we'll do cash check, Venmo, cash app, whatever you want to do. We can do square. Uh, we can do all of that. And so okay. basically any, any form, invoice, everything like that. Because we've done a guide service and we thought they were going to pay take a credit card at the dock. And it was just pure and cash. They, cash and only. They, they made us go up and find a uh, ATM, ATM right. somewhere to pay yep. cash. So we just want to make sure that we put all that information yeah, out there. So, absolutely. How anyway. can they, okay, so what are your social media platforms? Okay, so um, I kind of got to fill this in real quick. So we have Biscuit Head Waterfowl um, oh, yeah. Company. Yeah. So we, we have Cut Them Down Outfitters, uh, which is our outfitter side. That's where we do all of our, you know, guiding hunts. 
um, sort of in thing. The, in the, and in so, the, in yeah, the Kaufman County in the Kaufman area. County area. Um, and then on Kaufman top of County that, and surrounding areas. And surrounding areas. And then my best friend Jake Wood, his ranch, Madera Bonita Ranch. Um, he owns that out there, so he also does guides out there. I guide for him on different hunts. He does guides. Mm-hmm. Um, that's full lodging, exotics, whitetail. We'll do some dove hunts occasionally, kind of thing there. Um, and so that's that. Um, he has uh, social medias. Um, that's Madera Bonita Ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put it in on Instagram, Facebook, um, those two. But you can also contact me, um, which is at Biscuit Head Waterfowl Co. Um, that's on Instagram. Twitter, TikTok, you know, et cetera. Facebook. We have all the social medias. We used to have, yeah. So it's Biscuit Head Waterfowl. Biscuit Head Waterfowl Co. If you still can't find it there, cut them down Outfitters, C-U-T, apostrophe, E-M, down Outfitters. Um, Either one of those, um, whichever one it pops up. I think it'll pop up as both. Um, So you can look up both of those. um, But it'll pop up both those ways. So you can get in in contact with me there. Send a DM. Pretty simple. And We'll get you all set up. Slide into your DMs. Slide into those DMs, you know. Maybe yeah. I'll slide into yours. You never slide know. So, so, all right. We well, said so we have some basic questions that we ask every person we interview. So, how many national parks have you been to? Oof. Okay, so I just driven through is enough. Okay, driven through is enough. I'm gonna say two to three. Okay, but I mean I've camped a ton. And so I can't say that's the he only to amount ask I've been if the to. Ozarks were a national I just park. was throwing or out the camps I've been to. Yeah, that's close. I've been to a lot of different ones through scouts and whatnot. I can't say I remember them all. I've probably been to a lot more. Is the Grand Canyon one? Yes. There you go. There's another. Just thought There's of that three. one. There's three. I could probably do that every ten minutes. Think of one. Right. Um, and and would have a couple more. But I have just, you ever been to Hot Springs, Arkansas? I want to say I've been through it. Okay, like if you ever walked in downtown, I can't Hot Springs, say I've Arkansas, ever walked down there. Then I was gonna say if you, then you will, because mm-hmm. downtown Hot Springs is a national park. Yellowstone's one that we want to, my family wants to go see soon. Um, I know y'all have. Been, you heard of I know you have. You know, mm-hmm. y'all came and talked about it at the house. Mm-hmm. Right, so, what's so. your favorite camping memory? Oh, favorite camping memory, man. I would say I've got a really short, funny one, and then uh, my favorite was we were at Camp Alexander for Boy Scouts one year. Um, I think in I was Colorado. in Colorado. I was uh, fourteen or fifteen, and this is it was, when your dad didn't catch me. This is what yes, this is exactly okay. what this is. So my dad and one of the other scout leaders didn't have anything to do that day, so they went on a fishing. Doctor Jolly, wasn't it? Doctor Jolly uh-huh. uh, went on a uh, fishing guide. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about, sometimes you go on guides and the animals, fish, don't cooperate. And, you know, the guy can do his best ability, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. Um, And they didn't catch a lick. They saw a ton of fish. They just would not bite. Um, They came back to me showing them pictures of, I think, a 28-inch rainbow trout and a 30-inch rainbow trout that I had rigged together. I didn't have a fly rod with me. And the fish in this lake had seen a million baitcaster, you know, little rooster tails yeah, and stuff so like that. So I, I took a swivel, tied it to the end of my baitcaster, ran a leader out, put a fly on there, and then used that as a fly rod. So I'd had a counterweight with a swivel and was okay. able to catch these fish. Um, and they were horrible pictures because that week there was a bunch of Mormons in the camp. And all the Mormons did not have cell phones for some reason. Um, and so they didn't know how to work an iPhone. So I had to teach them how to work an iPhone. But the, the pictures were very blurry. But my dad but was. But you could at least know yes, that they were. My dad was very he ticked off. It was hilarious. That, 
part. Have you ever noticed he's told us the the locking the keys in the car? Yeah. Or he's told us the not catching. They had a horrible he's, he's, day. He leaves that part out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course he would. Every time. Of course he would. Because they went oh. and paid money and didn't catch a thing. Gonna, and their son rigged together a fly I'm rod gonna, gonna and wrecked him up. I'm going to on that for like yeah. a real long time with Chris Foster. But the other oh, vivid, vivid, funny camping story is one time when I was probably seven, I remember getting stabbed by a cactus walking by it. And I thought it was a great idea to then stomp this cactus because I was mad at it. <laughs> and then I spent another hour and a half with my mom picking cactus splinters out of my... Foster's an angel. Yeah, yeah, in a tent, sitting there, sweating, and she's just... I'm probably crying, and, and she's just picking out cactus needles out of my foot for hours on end. So oh don't stomp so, on cactus. Um, even if for our younger here. listeners, if the, any of you exist... Um, don't, don't stomp. stomp a cactus. No matter how the mad it makes you. The literal name of the word is cat. Like, it's the first part, cat. Yep. Don't mess with a cat. Learn from Adam. Oh don't do gosh. that. They're the worst. So, um, let's see. That should probably... No, What's your last favorite, camping fa- favorite camping trip? No, his memory. We already oh, we so did the memory. Very favorite right. camping uh, trip? I would definitely say Philmont in uh, New Mexico. Philmont, New you Mexico. once... I've only been once. My dad and my brothers have been twice. I was too young the first time they went. With all three of you? Yes, the last time was with all three of us. There was a lot of arguing. That's really got. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, lots of arguing. 12 days in the woods, that happens. Not Uh, with the foster men. No, they're always so beautiful. What are you talking about? None of you were intimidated. Okay, so I'm going to show you all some advice. Don't ever ask Adam or Kane who knows more about medicine. Oh. oh, I'd say that's Kane right now. Oh, I'd wow. say that's Kane right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, whoa. I mean, Kane has spent years in the hospital. He spent a couple years in the hospital. I mean, I've, you, I've were, yet you to... were in nursing school and you were like... I was in nursing school at the time. Yeah, 100%. I'll still argue with him about anything. That is... And we're going to leave it on that. That is reported for perpetuity. All right. Well, but he's, thank not, you. he's not a better shot. But though. it's also at the very end, so no one's going to want to listen 57 minutes. We probably should have made this two episodes. Oh my gosh. Hey, Karis. Well. There, thank you, Karis. We love yeah. you. Uh, uh, yeah, well, well, thank you, Adam. Love you, Karis. Okay, Adam Foster from, uh, what's it called? Combine. Combine. No. Oh, come <laughs> down. <laughs> I know where you're from. The, the, like, right oh, there? Cut them down. Cut them down, outfitters. Cut them down, down, cut them down, down outfitters head. and biscuit the biscuit, biscuit head, head. water falco. <laughs> biscuit head. Which, by the way, big ducks when they get old, they get a lot of feathers. Their heads get the size of biscuits, biscuits. and okay. so we call them biscuit heads. Biscuits. And they have great stickers and great uh, hats. Hats that have these great yep. emblems on it. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Give us just a minute. Hey guys, so um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Adam and us learning from him and picking on him and just enjoying um, being with our friend. And we've been trying to get him to come in um, and talk with us. So I'm glad we finally were able to pin him down because he's a very popular guy. Or at least, you know, that's what he tells himself at night. Um, so, sorry, y'all did it. That was good. Y'all did it. That was good. That was terrible. That was mean. That was um, mean. But on our next episode of ABC The Adventures, um, we're going to be talking about, of course, um, normally we start our season off talking about how we prepare for our big trip at the end of 
um, the year. And so we'll be talking about that um, and kind of what got that going. And then um, also how we talk about, uh, we're also going to talk about how we've already planned yes. all. Well, and we're going to talk just about our planning, about our we how we've no, planned no, our, not, whole not year, our, trip. our whole year. Our whole year. How we planned our whole year and how we've planned our big trip. Um, because this big trip is like the most important trip we've ever taken. It's Brittany's 40th birthday trip. And it's my We're dream trip. We're going to trip. Napa Valley. Yeah, we are going to Napa Valley and Disneyland. And Amelia wants to stop celebrities in L.A., but she doesn't know that we're actually not still staying in L.A. We're just driving through and like for like an hour. Creeper status? We'll let Adam creep. tell her. Oh, Lord. <laughs> she won't believe me. Mm. So, but thank so, you all so much for listening um, to the ABC The Adventures podcast. Um, we hope that you have enjoyed learning a little bit more. Um, about duck hunting, guide servicing, from Adam finding a local Texas uh, guide service that you can use. Um, They are decently priced. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Um, But I will also say this: they are such a great service that um, when they were, you know, in high school and things, there they would sell it. um, They would auction it off, and it would be um, it would it would go for thousands. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we donated a hunt the other day, a four person hunt, which didn't it go for like two? It was like twenty five hundred dollars. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So be sure to look up uh, Biscuit Head Waterfowl. Waterfowl, mm-hmm. and then also um, cut them yeah, down. I gotta, I cut them down. It's small outfitters. <laughs> and yeah, I'm old, what Adam. Uh, Madera Bonita Ranch. Madera Bonita Ranch. Yes, yes. Which be is sure to look beautiful up. wood in Spanish, by the way. Okay. Jake Wood. Yes. You getting it? Putting it together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you. Well, I knew you got me. I just, you know, I checked with Brittany. Yeah, yeah, she does. I just thought, I thought Beautiful Wood. I was thinking like the trees and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't realizing Mike Wood. Wood. The connection with Jake Wood. That Uh makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, please uh, look up. Um, all those, all mm-hmm. those, and, and social different social medias, as well. And as well, I'll try, I'll try to to include their socials and their information in the information on this podcast, which is when something we, we when we post, which is something that we need to start doing. Um, don't forget to follow us on TikTok. It's the last time you posted on TikTok. Yeah, anyway, I have like seven um, that I need to post. Instagram, which I haven't posted on Instagram in a while. Uh, Facebook and a uh, at ABCD Adventures. Um, also, email us at abcdadventures2021 at gmail.com. Anytime you have ideas and suggestions and you have an answer to a trivia question or on topics joke. or trips or joke, that would be great. Uh, for in, in, Anytime you have ideas for uh, topics or trips that we should do. Um, um, Thank you so much for listening. And remember to go go where where you feel feel most alive. alive.